This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Sonny Ship will be along in just a second. We wanted to come at you guys with a little bit of a fresh take on LSU spring game because it's been a minute now since LSU strapped it up in Tiger Stadium on Saturday for the spring game. And we've had a chance to really kind of rewatch the game a little bit here and 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 take a second look at some of our initial reactions from the game and kind of let the dust settle. And, you know, instead of your, your initial takeaways, and we posted those on the site, and Shay Dixon and I spoke about those on the podcast earlier this week, Sonny and I kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit of a fresh take with our thoughts on the game and maybe some of our opinions have changed since uh, the game ended uh, with uh, with LSU scoring on that final play to coin more, but maybe not. Maybe some of our takes that we've had on the site over the course of the week have stood the test of time. So we wanted to do that now, and we wanted to start with the defense, a little bit of a curveball, because everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks, but we're going to make you wait on that. Sonny, when I looked at the defensive performance by LSU, it really made me feel... I think a little bit better about the defensive line than I initially thought. And you look at them missing some of the starters they had, but they did get pressure. Some of the younger guys stepped up. Mason Smith was even banged up and and got some time, but I just continue to feel better and better and better about this defensive line after I rewatched. Yeah, I'll feel a lot better if uh, if a couple of guys, if Neil Farrell and Clint Logan can shed about 20, 25 pounds between now and August but uh, I'm with you. You know, I, I think when you, when everybody's healthy, you're looking at uh, you're looking at three units. LSU can go three different uh, units that you're not going to see a lot of drop off between any of them. And I think that that's going to be huge, especially especially early on in the season when it's so hot, so humid. You get into that fourth quarter against Mississippi State. You go out west against uh, against UCLA, and uh, you know that's just gonna that's gonna help them so much. You know we've seen the last couple of years, LSU's defensive line just had to put in so many snaps. You know you go back even that 2019 season. I mean you had guys who were basically playing almost a whole game, and um, you know you you just can't do that in this day and age of uh, of having to rush the passer 45, 50 times a game. And so I think it's just going to pay huge dividends. It's going to pay huge dividends on, you know, on every level of that defense, especially on the secondary, because if they can get, if they can get pressure with four and then you drop your two linebackers in your nickel package, I mean, you know, that's really, that's really giving the, uh, giving the defensive backs a lot of help. And, and, And while they got good pressure last year, I think that, you know, outside of a couple of guys, outside of B.J. Ojolari, outside of um, Andre Anthony, 
Ali Gay kind of hit or miss a little bit. You know, they really didn't get a lot of a lot of pressure and a lot of push inside. And I think that's going to change this year because when I look at that defensive line, I think the interior is going to be the strength of it. Yeah, I, I do think the interior is going to be the strength of it. I think the most competitive in a way is going to be those outside spots because between Ali Gay, uh, uh, BJ Ojolari, Andre Anthony, anyone else who emerges may be there at some of those end spots. That's where you're going to find guys fighting for snaps because you look to the interior right now. And I think Joe Evans and Mason Smith are probably going to be your third down pass rushers. And Neil Farrell kind of coming in behind them, just kind of from what I saw in the spring game. But when you look at those edge rushers off the side, and we'll kind of see who they kind of toy around with maybe with some of those younger guys that are, you know, kind of tweeners, whether it be. Um, and, and it just seems every year we've seen uh, them have guys that have emerged at those pass rushing spots or maybe guys that are out of the ordinary playing uh, those defensive end spots. So you've got Andre Anthony, Ali Gay, B.J. Ojolari. But, you know, would a would a Sony Fanua somehow emerge there? Would, um, you know, uh, uh uh, land and Jackson get healthy and maybe emerge. Would they do something with, you know, maybe an outside linebacker like a Mike Jones Jr. and have him rush off the edge like we saw uh, with the Michael Divinity at times, you know, and, and that's all questions we'll get to see as LSU gets out of its vanilla defense. Uh, but I, I think the the outside guys are going to be really competitive because, you know, Ed Ogeron wants them to rush the passer. That's been the thing that he's hammered home over the course of spring and since they hired Durante Jones is how aggressive he wants his defensive ends and his defensive line in general to be at getting after the quarterback, getting up the field. Uh, so the pass rushing group uh, is going to be kind of what I uh, look to, to, to kind of separate themselves. And, and, and that competition there is probably going to be where, where I see the most on the defensive line. I think the linebacker position, I don't feel as good, a, good about since, watching the game. I mean, obviously they need Micah Baskerville to return. We'll see what Mike Jones Jr. brings to the table, the Clemson transfer uh, into that position group. You know, Damone Clark didn't look as good as I initially thought he did. And then we didn't get to see Bug Strong. So, and then Jared Small, he really, um, you know, had a great spring game, but he's still a, a you know former walk-on who's been around for a while. So I think that group is is one that I'm a little bit more uneasy about you like what it looks like on paper uh, but i i'm gonna have to be a little bit more of a, a, a believe it to see it um and and you know when you don't see bug strong the nation's number one junior college linebacker i mean that that that's tough to evaluate it but uh that's a position group that i think looking back now uh, i have a little bit more questions about uh, as they get into uh the summer and and then into fall yeah, and kind of, kind of, uh, kind of going back to what you were talking about, as far as uh, you know, if you'll see Mike Jones uh, kind of coming off the edge in a in a role like they had Michael Divinity, you know, I, I think one thing that I think one thing, and and granted, who knows really with Durante Jones because we haven't seen a lot, but you know, Divinity came off the edge as an outside linebacker, um, you know, in Dave Aranger's 3-4. I think with Durante Jones, I think he, I think they would, in a perfect world, I think they would love to be able to get pressure with those four. 
um, and, and not have to bring those linebackers, you know, uh, be able to drop those linebackers into coverage to kind of uh, to clog up those lanes. But, um, you know, I, I'm with you when you look at when you look at LSU's linebacker core, the numbers, are, I, I think the numbers are probably a couple of guys, uh, you know, two off from being where you would like it in an ideal situation. But that's under the assumption that, OK, LSU runs a 4-3 base. You know, I think when you look at LSU and when you look at so many schools, teams in the SEC, the base defense is very misleading because if we go back and if we look at how much LSU was in nickel last year, that will far outweigh how many times they had three linebackers on the field. And so, uh, you know, when you look at it from that perspective – if you can go it, 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 from a scholarship standpoint, if you can, if you've got seven or eight linebackers on your team, I think you're better off now than you would have been five years ago, than you would have been ten years ago, because you were running a lot more base. You weren't running as much nickel, as much dime as you're seeing these days. But um, you know the the when you look as far as Bug Strong goes, Xavier Carter, some of those guys, you know, you've got a lot of guys who haven't really taken snaps at the college, at the, uh, you know, at the the power five level. And I think that that's when I look at the linebacker says, so that's kind of where, uh, you know, where my concern comes in. What's going to happen with Michael Baskerville, um, you know, Mike Jones, Ed Orgeron has even talked about him playing, you know, seeing time at safety, which, you know, I think that, you know, I think you put him at linebacker and you let him just, um, you know, you let him do what Jabril Cox did last year. Buck Strong never taking a snap. Xavier Carter, man, he's probably about 15 or 20 pounds away from being able to play. You got Greg Penn coming in. We love what we see in, well, see of him in high school, but that's high school. And, uh, you know, Damon Clark didn't really impress me that much at the spring game. So why the numbers, I'm not as concerned about the numbers as I was, um, you know, as I was maybe three months ago, four months ago. I do think that when I look at the deep, when you look at the defense, that the D line, I'm very confident in that. The secondary, I'm very confident in that now after seeing, after seeing Jay Ward, still a little bit of question marks as far as the safeties being able to, uh, provide enough punch in run support but overall from a pass coverage standpoint very comfortable very confident with that right there but linebacker is the area that i've got a little bit of shade on because of just so many questions agreed and i think the secondary when you have corners like Derek stingley jr and eli ricks will work itself out to an extent you know cordell flott is entrenched at the nickel spot you add sage ryan over the summer i feel a little bit better about i guess the the talent coming in, if that makes any sense at all. I mean, Micah Baskerville, you know, played a ton for LSU, came on late in the season. Mike Jones Jr. has played a lot for Clemson, but, you know, was being overtaken um, by, um, uh, oh gosh, um, name is escaping me, but the former five-star, I think he's Xavier's, uh, Trent Simpson uh, there. So, I mean, he's, you know, somebody who's going to help LSU, but we don't know what exactly he's going to do at linebacker. But I like the talent coming in in the summer for LSU a little bit more at the safety spot and the secondary in general to help shore that up. Offensively, I was a little – again, you you don't have John Emery. You don't have um, Trey Bradford. You know, they worked Coy Moore even a little bit at running back. But I, I kind of liked what uh, Tyrion Davis-Price did more and more once I rewatched. 
I, I didn't love the offensive line as much as I as I maybe did um, when I watched the game live. But I think overall, uh, the run game looked a little bit better. I, I, and I really liked what Max Johnson, Miles Brennan were able to put together. Um, so I, I think um, it was kind of a little bit more up and down than I than I originally um you know, thought for the offense, you know, turnovers aside, you know, those are things that they can't have from TJ Finley and Garrett Nussmeyer, but it was a little bit more up and down offensively. And, you know, maybe that's a product of it being vanilla and not having the full complement of running backs. But, you know, I think there's still some growth to be had there. Um, but obviously you got the big splashes from John Trey Kirkland and Kayshawn Butte. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, you know, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm stargazing here. Maybe I'm stargazing and just looking at the recruiting rankings uh rather than what they've actually done on the field but i'm not that worried about the running backs i I think that i think that i think you're going to see a um a more a more versatile running game than we saw last year that you're going to see a wider array of plays to uh to try to get the guys to the outside not just uh pound the ball inside like we saw last year and uh, I and I think LSU's offensive line is going to be uh, a lot better at creating holes and moving guys off the you know into the second level than it was last year. So I'm not that I'm, I'm really not that concerned, especially once you get Corey Connor and Armani Goodwin who and I think Armani Goodwin. I I, I just think that he I think that he's going to be a guy that when I look at these impact freshmen for guys coming in who were not there in the spring and who just come in and who just make a big impact early on. He's a guy that I've got circled on offense. I just, with, with his, with his skill set, with his speed, I think that he is going to be a, uh, he's going to be a big hit as long as he comes in and he proves that he can hold, that he can uh, hold on to the football. He doesn't put it on the ground and that he can catch the football. I think the sky's the limit for this guy. And I think he's going to see, I think he's going to see dividends um, sooner rather than later. And I'm also with you on the on the at the wide receiver position. You know that was one that going in it was like, okay, who's going to step up? Who's going to step up and do something next to Kayshawn Butte? We've seen guys come out and have spring games, have good spring games before, and then not really do much after that. But I think John Trey Kirkland. I think when you can you can look at his numbers, you can look at John Trey Kirkland's numbers. He caught 10 balls for 166 yards and two touchdowns uh, working with the uh, the second team. And then he grabbed six passes for 43 yards working with the first team. You know, when you look at those numbers and you kind of think about them, you digest them, you go, okay, 16 catches, over 200 yards, two touchdowns. That's good, but it wasn't really that good. Well, after you go back and you watch him, he looks so comfortable and so – and and just so confident plucking the ball out of the air he wasn't letting it get into his body he was extending going out getting the ball outside of his frame and to me that shows a guy who is confident in his abilities to do that and i think this is just going to be a big springboard for him i think that he is going to uh i think he's going to disappoint one of the true freshmen who were coming in thinking that oh i'm going to have an easier time to get to the field I think John Trey Kirkland is going to have a lot to say about that. Now, that's not to say that these true freshmen who I'm very high on, um, you know, aren't going to come in and play because I think when you look at um, Malik Neighbors, Deion Smith, Jack Besh, Chris Hilton, when you look at all those guys, they could all really get on the field. 
and they could play a lot this year. The talent is there. The opportunities for playing time is there. Is Coy Moore going to uh, is Coy Moore going to uh, step up and do more? Is Trey Palmer going to show the consistency that he has? There's a lot of question marks with the veteran wide receivers that are on LSU's roster right now that who haven't really uh, stepped up and lived up to the expectations they brought with them to Baton Rouge. If they don't step up their game this summer, if they do not elevate their level of play. I can see several of these true freshmen pushing some of these veterans to the side, but I don't think John Trey Kirkland is going to be one of them. I think that he is a guy who's going to come in and who's going to have a really good season. I'm with you on John Trey Kirkland as well, really showed a lot. And again, it was kind of one of those things where you look to veterans to step up and and make plays and, uh, you know, establish uh, themselves. And that's exactly what he did with uh, the snaps that he got. I think Deion Smith right now is the one that I have pegged as far as the young wideouts to really emerge. We'll see kind of obviously once we start hearing about seven on seven and things like that in the summer and going into fall camp, who who's really impressing. Um, we heard a lot about Coy Moore last summer and, and that proved to be true. You know, will it be Chris Hilton, Malik neighbors or whoever that steps up? Um, I think Jack Besh is probably going to have to play just out of necessity with Cole Taylor, but Nick Storrs had a, a catch, if I remember correctly, uh, in the spring game. And and so he's an option. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, I think uh, it's kind of funny when you watch these things and you watch them again and you just kind of get a little bit of a different read. But I still feel good about where LSU is heading into the summer. I would say I feel decent about where the defense is. Um, I think the offense is going to be fine. It was an offense that was among the SEC's best, really, when things were kind of clicking either with Miles Brennan and Max Johnson kind of showed flashes and things like that with the offense line getting into shape. And and I do think that that's going to be a big factor. Um, I think they'll be able to get some things ironed out. Uh, there are some positions that obviously we're going to see a lot of competition at. I think Armani Goodwin, like you said, is probably that freshman that I'm going to peg uh, out of the backfield to to really emerge. I just love I mean his speed, his, his big playability, averaging almost 10 yards of carry as a senior. Uh, he just seems to do it all well. So, you know, I'm with you on that. I think overall um, it was, it was not as uh, it probably wasn't as positive of, of a spring game as, as we thought kind of live, but you know, there were still some flashes that I think people really appreciated. But once you sit back again and kind of review some of those positions, like a linebacker group um, that, that, that's, you know, where you kind of sit back and say, okay, all right, maybe are we giving them too much credit? But, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll learn a lot as the summer begins to unfold when those newcomers get here. And, uh, once they start working with Tommy Moffitt more. Yeah. And that's going to be a key coming in. These guys playing in high school, a lot of them are able to use that, that athleticism, that speed, a lot of things that, that you see with wide receivers, but now that they're going to now what they, what I think they have to focus on is they've got to focus on getting stronger because it's going to be a lot different getting off press coverage from sec cornerbacks, sec safeties, having to, uh, having to, to get in, to go in and, and block some linebackers in certain situations. So, so that's going to be a, uh, that's going to be a big adjustment. And I think that with, you know, with Tommy Moffitt, Chris Hilton, Brian Thomas Jr., all of these guys coming in. I think Tommy Moffitt that that's going to that that's 
going to be the area that he circles to, knowing that, okay, these, we know these guys can run. We know that we know they're fast. We know that they have good agility. We know that they can move. Let's, but can they do it with another 10 pounds, another 15 pounds? And it's crazy. We've, we've seen this every summer when we were able to go to the LSU July camps, when they used to have the elite camps in July. And you see these guys who we see them in high school. And then you see them just two months later from like the state track meet in May to, you know, two months later in July. And we see how much muscle and how much bigger some of these guys get in just that two months. Granted, granted, they start, they're already working on Tommy Moffitt's workout program, but it's completely different when you've got those guys and all the strength and conditioning coaches just giving you the, you know, on you in the, on you in the weight room and giving you that motivation, seeing all these other college guys next to you motivates you. So that's the area that I'm anxious to see what, how much growth these guys get. Like Jack Besh coming in, for instance, 6'2", 215. I mean, how much bigger is this guy going to get? That's one reason. And he's already a workout warrior. That dude lives in the gym. He posts some ridiculous, uh, you know, some some ridiculous workouts in, in weight numbers for a guy his size. That's one reason that I think that maybe not this year, but next year, the year after that, I mean, I think that guy could easily be 235 or 240. And then you're looking at a situation. That's why I think that he's going to grow into a tight end because of how much weight he's going to put on once he gets to LSU. And good weight at that. Yeah, Jack Besh, no stranger to the weight room without a doubt. And <laughs> these guys will really have to, you know, obviously stay uh, committed to it and 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 doing all that because – um you know, that's everybody's going through a, a, what will probably be a normal summer for the, in the SEC and nationally uh, as things get back to normal. So they've got to continue to pick it up. And look, we'll be following it all uh, just like uh, really everybody uh, looking for tidbits, looking for all of that info on who's standing out. And we'll be dropping that on Go247.com. So definitely take advantage of that first month for a dollar subscription uh, deal that we have running all the time. You can check it out. You can check out our VIP, VIP content. Uh, appreciate everybody who's subscribed for the 60% off deal. But that's about all we have time for on this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Feel free to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and follow the Go 24-7 podcast wherever you catch your podcast. Until next time, I'm Billy Embody for Sunny Ship. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.